Ask Wildman, the weekly show from full-service digital agency Wildman Web Solutions, is ready to answer all of your questions about marketing, tech, and sales to grow your small business. Each week, the Wildman Web Solutions team tackles your questions and trending topics live. Learn strategies and tactics to take your small business to big revenue. The Ask Wildman show starts now. Hello, welcome to Ask Wildman. My name is Miles Bassett, I'm CEO, founder of Wildman Web Solutions. We are here to hopefully answer your questions about technology, business, marketing, anything else you want to ask us about. Um, I am here with my team, bringing on Mike right now. Mike, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, Miles. We'll clear that up right away, I hope. How are you this morning? <laughs> I'm doing good. Oh, doing good. good. Looking forward nice to, to this. Yeah. You know, starting off doing these live streams, it's very much a new thing for for me. I don't do a whole lot in front of the camera before really doing all of this. And so it's been a learning experience for everyone, I think. But You're natural, I'm actually starting to <laughs> really starting to look forward to it. This is fun. I'm I'm starting to enjoy this every week. Uh, I still I still shudder in fear every Wednesday morning at, at dawn and it just you know, percolates. Which, I think it is. I don't know okay. if that's, yeah, we're going to pretend it is for now. Okay. But speaking of which, we are doing this every week. This is um, every Wednesday at 11 or going live on our Facebook page uh, just to answer your questions about anything and everything. Talk about what you want to talk about. So if you have a question about technology, marketing, business, uh, throw it in the comments below or you can email us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. You can see that address scrolling up across the bottom here um so i want to take one second and address that um you know some people have been asking since i changed that crawler that uh, we are still doing our local business online toolkit program um, you can find that here at wildmanweb.com lbot this is a free toolkit for any business owner that wants it um, they're just tools to help you manage your business online helps you out with social media with reviews with business listings bunch of analytic tools to tell you how you're doing on your website or search engines um, or how your advertising is doing if you're doing any online ads with Facebook or Google. Um, and on top of that, there's a bunch of resources there, articles about digital marketing, how to do some of this stuff yourself, how to manage everything. So we just put that out there for free for anyone who needs it to get themselves either up and going or really trying to leverage their online presence a little bit more um, during this crazy upside down time we're in right now. Uh, so again, go to wildmanweb.com slash LBOT if you're interested in sign up there. With that, we're gonna move on to questions. Um, we had one question that we didn't get to last week uh, from Mr. Bob Corkin. So I think we're gonna address that first. Hopefully this gets around to him here. Hello, Bob. Uh, so he was talking about uh, demographics and social media, how to access them, how to see demographics, and then how to use them in your messaging. Uh, Mike, did you want to talk about demographics at all? Sure. Uh, so I think I understand the question. So he's he's wanting to figure out 
who his audience is in terms of those demographics and then reverse engineer it and, and target those types of people with his yeah, marketing. Looks, is that what the question is? Yeah, it looks like he's talking about different platforms, um, how to first see demographics, how to get that information, and then second, how to use that in his messaging. Okay, yeah, well, that's a great question, uh, Bob, and that's a super smart way uh, to you know leverage the analytics, that especially, especially social media platforms uh, provide for us help us get a little bit better understanding of who exactly our target audience is. And then of course, reverse engineer our messaging to those people directly. Uh, you know, the best example I can give you and, and pretty much each platform has its own version of this, uh, but I'll just, I'll just use this one as the flagship example. And that's Facebook's uh, Facebook has something called audience insights. And basically it's part of your business manager. Um, or if you just have ads manager set up, you can, you can get to it through that as well. But uh, that is going to give you a wealth of information about probably actually more data than you'd ever want to know um, about who the people are that are engaging with your page, engaging with your posts, engaging with your content and your advertising in general. Uh, you know, everything for not only from the actual demographics, you know, which in just traditional media world is, you know, age, uh, area, you know, maybe by zip code. Um, you know, maybe uh, socioeconomic status and those types of things. Uh, but this gets into even so much more minutiae in terms of, you know, the types of music that they listen to, the types of television shows, you know, what their interests and their hobbies are and all kinds of qualitative data that, you know, maybe in the old days uh, we could get some of that, you know, but it, it wasn't nearly as accurate as it is now. I mean, even today, um, you know, I don't know if a lot of people know how, you know, some of this aggregate data is, is, uh, is conjured up and, and, and I guess, and, and put into models, but, you know, give, give an example, uh, you know, radio stations, okay, radio station ratings, uh, and the data that they get about their listenership. Well, theoretically, they have tens of thousands of people listening, right, but in a lot of areas, they only have maybe 600, 800 people. Let's just take Kansas City for an example. There's probably 800-ish people that are actually polled on what they listen to, what they like, who they are, what their demographics are. And from that, they extrapolate out the model, you know, using all those, those fancy math things that Miles likes to do. Uh, and they come up with, hey, well, there's 50,000 people who listen to the station and they are X, Y, and Z, right? Kind of like uh, politics, you know, the way they extrapolate poll data. Uh, with, but with something like Facebook, they're actually pulling the data from the actual people who are using your site, your advertising, engaging with your content, and all of them, not just a small percentage of them. So the data that we can glean from that is so much more, you know, not only accurate, but probably in-depth uh, than we've ever been able to, you know, even just five plus years ago. So what I'm trying to say is there's a lot of data out there. Uh, you can get overwhelmed with it, for sure. So have a plan. You know, when you when you when you go into audience insights, whether it's once a month or once a week or once a quarter, and you're kind of analyzing this stuff, uh, it's easy to get overwhelmed. So really understand, you know, which of this data is relevant to me, and more importantly, which of it is going to be relevant to my messaging and my advertising, because some of it will be and some of it won't. Uh, and then I know we've talked about pixels a little bit before. Uh, but certainly, you know, if you're doing any advertising on any platform, you should have a pixel on your website, wherever you're sending traffic to, 
And that can also uh, glean a whole bunch of data uh, that's even sometimes more in depth than the, just the regular stuff you'll get through audience insights. So like I said, each one of the platforms, whether it's a Twitter or Instagram or Google, you know, they have uh, a program like this and you can get it to it uh, through the back end and you can extrapolate all the data you want uh, like I said, at that point, though, you really need to have some sort of plan, some sort of a filter that you're looking at this stuff. And so it's not just going to make you kind of go blind and silly. And you're able to actually put that data into a practical use uh, for your marketing and your advertising. Yeah, I'll just expand on that a little bit further. Again, uh, like you said, I am the data guy. I love all those different models and aggregates. Um, and and then trying to extrapolate some sort of patterns out of that. But there is a ton of data out there, depending on what platform you're looking at. If you're looking at Facebook or you're looking at Google data for search engines or you're looking at different social media platforms, there's more data about people than you'll know what to do with. And it's really easy to get overwhelmed by that. I've seen some people trying to use this too much, use demographics and psychographics and different types of filtering methods way too much to the point where they're diluting and corrupting their original message. So if I were to throw one tip out there on, um, on this point, that is stay true to your message, start from the message and then move towards your audience, looking at these different, uh, these different groupings and different ways to target different audiences. But you got to stay true to that message or you'll just dilute all your efforts and you won't end up being as effective or as true to your original message. Yeah. The, and just one quick follow up on that, Miles, and then we've, we've probably beat this 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 one to <laughs> death. But, uh, you know, in the in the advertising agency world out there, you know, right now and, and it's been going on for years, but it seems to be getting just more and more amplified, the more data we get, you know, there's kind of two schools of thought and, and really in a lot of agencies, you know, they separate out the teams and it's like, you got creative and you got the math guys, you know, and the math guys are always saying, hey, we got to use more data, more data, more data. Uh, you know, the creatives are, you know, pushing back on that and it's it's message, 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 message. You know, I, I think, you know, I'm more of a creative than a math guy myself, but I do think that there is a hard and fast place for this data uh, to be used, just don't become a slave to it, uh, like Miles said, and and deviate your message uh, just because of some newfound data that you've that you've uh, uncovered. But here's the here's the qualitative statement to that uh, buildup is that we knew we should be using the data for testing, and we've talked about a little bit about this before the importance of doing testing, especially in your paid advertising, um, and that's a, that's a way that once once we get enough. Qualitative, qualitative data back, and we can make you know a really um, informed decision that hey, actually this piece of creative was the winner, and it was the one that was looking you know driving the most sales uh, out of this advertising campaign. Well, then the data is helping us create those decisions, and we should rely on it uh, to make our decisions once we have enough of it to you know actually be able to tell the difference between good data and bad data. So. That's just a little bit of cautionary tales, I guess, about diving in too deep with the data at once and just ooh, changing my whole perspective and my whole outlook of what I'm doing because I got uh, an overdose of data, if you will. Okay, I think we're ready to go. I think we're good. I think we hit that. All right, uh, Bob, if you have any other questions on that, uh, throw in the comments here or anyone has any questions, throw those in the comments. Email us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. 
Looks like we have a couple of people jumping in here. Okay, I see the question up now. Okay, any advice on how local businesses can use social media to re-enter the marketplace and get up to speed quickly? Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming this is kind of, you know, if if you've been shut down for a while and, and you've been not marketing and advertising, what you can do to uh, kind of jump back in the game. Uh, I'm assuming that that's where you're coming from on this, Jeff. Let me know if I grossly misinterpreted your question there. Uh, but, you know, we talked about, uh, about maybe about a month ago, you know, I, I'm losing track of days, certainly weeks at this point. But yeah, I, I feel like, you know, kind of earlier on in, in the coronavirus uh, shutdown mayhem, you know, we were talking about how you shouldn't go dark right now. You know, you shouldn't stop your advertising. You shouldn't stop your marketing unless you were really, really hurting in terms of your, of your bottom line and you didn't know how you were going to stay open for the next few months. You didn't know how you were going to pay your employees. You didn't know how you were going to uh, keep your supplies and your your you know your capital investment uh, to get new products and services on your on your virtual shelves, if you will, stocked up. So certainly there were a lot of people in that position that had to just whoop, cut bait. And now, uh, as things are starting to reopen up, certainly we had big news here in Kansas yesterday. Uh, with you know, uh, other than a few um, industries bars nightclubs, uh, festivals, fairs, you know, those kind of things, uh, pretty much everything else is opening back up for business. So yeah, this is a good question of if you're one of those people that you just had to shut down and now you're coming back online, what can you do? Well, unfortunately, if you're still in that same position of, I don't know, you know how I'm going to make rent next month, pay my employees, all these kind of things, I still don't want you to be spending a lot of money on paid platforms right now. I still think you need to take an organic approach uh, and you really just kind of need to hack it, put a whole lot of great content out there, do things like this, live streaming and other organic content methods that are going to get you a much higher reach in the algorithm without having to pay for it. Now, if you got, uh, you know, some loan money, if you got some economic relief funds, if you got PPP, whatever, and you want to use some of that for marketing, well, this would be a great time to jump back in and do paid marketing. Uh, you know, we're still getting great results for less money that we've seen uh, in the past. You know, I still think some of the Fortune 500 companies are on the sidelines and they'll probably wait till the end of second quarter before they jump back in. And all these platforms is just supply and demand. So the more money that gets put into it by your competitors and people up the food chain, the harder it is for you to spend that same amount of money to get the same amount of results. So I still think right now we have a little bit of a window where if somebody was able to invest some money, uh, and I'll just use Facebook as, Facebook as an example, they could get a lot more bang for the buck uh, than they could before. Uh, but I'll also caution, you know, against trying to uh, use a short-term approach. You know, uh, market share and market voice go hand in hand. And if you did have to pull back your market voice for a while, I would just assume that you're going to lose some market share this quarter and next quarter. And so I think it may be a little foolhardish to try to make all that back up at once. Uh, so I would still take it, you know, always be thinking long term, always be thinking slow and steady wins the race. You know, the tourists did did win, of course. I know we got to remind ourselves of that sometimes, but uh, and and be planning on how could I get that market share back in third and fourth quarter as opposed to jumping right back in and getting up to speed quickly. Again, this is all relevant to who your competition is and what your competition is doing. 
And as we talked a little bit about uh, last week, you know, there is an easy way on Facebook, for an example, you can find out if your competition is spending money on Facebook ads right now. Uh, just use the page transparency uh, tactic that we went over last week and you can see, and that's what I would be doing uh, is, you know, if I was, if I had 10 of my competitors within 50 miles of me, I would go and look how many of those 10 are advertising right now. If it's all of them and I'm scrapped for cash, well, maybe that's not a wise decision. If it's very few of them and I got some money to spend, I would be doubling and tripling down right now and uh, in, in trying to raise my market voice in order to get some of that market share back. Uh, Jeff, does that answer your question? Looks like Looks it. Hard. He's pretty happy with this. Um, oh, okay. I see it now. Mike's spot on. Okay. Thank yeah, you. Happy there to help we go. Uh, Jeff, on your follow-up question there, if you can maybe expand on how to use other Facebook pages, we can get to that in a second. Uh, thanks for everyone jumping on here and, and uh, participating. If you have any questions, throw them in the comments or email us askwildman at wildmanweb.com. Um, got some input from Sean Williams, realtor. This isn't exactly a question, but did want to highlight it here. Um, you know, we are doing this show uh, to be a resource for the local community and uh, try to get information out there as much as possible, but this is far from the only way that we interact with people. So um, like Sean here, if you have some good thoughts or you just want to talk about something here, uh, please reach out. We'll definitely uh, have a call with you, have a meeting with you, and uh, go over what, you're, uh, what you might be experimenting with or whatever thoughts you have. We're always open to new connections and working with uh, more people in our community. So thanks, Sean. Uh, we'll be yeah. reaching out later, and uh, maybe we can have a call with you to talk about doing virtual tool tours and Zoom tours. I know the real estate world has has really shifted in the last couple of months so yeah I'd, I'd be very interested to see what you uh, your experience has been it's been remarkable too that you know at least here in, in our backyard I, I think we've had a relatively decent spring market compared to all the obstacles that the real the realtors have been up against so uh big kudos to sean and all the realtors out there that are um you know just innovating and it's, I've seen this across pretty much every category and, and all of our clients. Uh, and it's really been exciting to see, you know, in these times of struggle, to see people pivot, to see people innovate and uh, make things happen. And, yeah, certainly Zoom and, and visual tours is something that uh, I think has been uh, saving grace for the real estate market uh, in this time and, and really kind of weathered the storm. And, I'm happy to see you guys doing that. And again, yeah, there's a whole lot of stuff that you can use, you know, repurpose that content for as well. Uh, our friend, Matty D, uh, Matty D Media, we'll give him a shout out. I know he's been working with realtors and uh, putting together some nice uh, marketing pieces with their Zoom and virtual tour contents. And so, and that's something that could be used really across the board. You know, if you, even if you're a law firm or an insurance agency and you've been having Zoom meetings with either uh, clients or, you know, obviously, you know, with, with the clients, you have some client privilege stuff there that you have to worry about or just stuff within your own, own organization. And if you feel like you're getting some good content out of that, uh, certainly be recording everything that you guys are doing in Zoom uh, and saving that content because you never know, uh, there could be some good marketing pieces to make out of that down the line. But yeah, certainly happy to answer any questions or, or just talk shop with you about that, Sean. All right. If anyone has any questions, toss them in here. We've got another one that we got a little bit of expansion on from Jeff, and it looks like we might have some interest from Jackie Bird, too. Hello, Jackie. Um, using other Facebook pages or similar pages to grow your own audience. 
Um, I'll throw one thing in there, and then Mike, if you want to add on, um, you know, using other pages or other groups out there to um, expand your your organic reach without advertising or anything. You can just jump in there and involve yourself in a conversation. Um, the only thing I caution about there is jumping in too hard or um, being too salesy, I guess, is probably the right way to do it. If you jump onto someone else's page and say, hey, look at me, then you're immediately going to come off bad and no one's going to want to really see that. So your push has to be in providing value. If you jump into another conversation on someone else's page um, with the overall objective of trying to get people to come see your stuff and grow your own audience, um, your your method there should be to really provide real value, to say something real, um, to have an actual organic engagement with someone, uh, not to just jump in there and immediately do your pitch because you're not going to get the attention that you want off of that. I guess that's my my big thing there. Mike, do you have any tips on on using other people's pages to grow to your audience? Yeah, I think that you nailed it, uh, Miles. You know. It, when you, when you do go on somebody else's turf, so to speak, uh, definitely be, we've talked about, you know, in our own marketing, giving three to one, four to one, five to one value to the audience that we're, what we're asking for. Uh, when we're using this tactic of, of engaging on other people's platforms, or excuse me, other people's pages, uh, it's gotta be 100% value given. You know, not asking for anything in return, uh, just adding value, value, value. Uh, and Jeff, there's something that I want you to Google. It's called the $1.80 business strategy. $1.80 business strategy from uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Gary V himself came up with this. And so I'll just uh, rip this right off of him because I, I can't do a better job of coming up with something myself. But uh, basically his strategy is that, you know, on Instagram, you can go in uh, 90 times a day and leave your two cents. Uh, on relative uh, pages, creators, you know, influencers in to your genre, to your business category. And that is a way that you can gain followers and that you can gain uh, traction uh, without, you know, having to spam other people or having to do paid advertising. It's a completely organic reach strategy. Uh, and it works on pretty much any platform. Uh, you know, Twitter is certainly a great one for engaging, as is Instagram, uh, Facebook, groups, as Miles mentioned, is an amazing thing. Uh, and so what I would be doing, uh, what I do, <laughs> and what I would recommend that everybody does is that you go on Facebook and you just, whatever your business category is, you type in all the relative things that you think people could be interested in or talking about and find the groups out there that are, uh, you know, you got to be some selective, somewhat selective because some of them uh, are a little spammy uh, but, you know, there's so there's different levels of qualities of groups, uh, but join these groups, get a little feel for, you know, don't just jump in and start posting right away. Get a little feel at first for, you know, what they're talking about and how the group kind of runs and what they're looking for content wise. And then start adding in your two cents and then start adding in your own content and your own uh, points of view and posts and things like that. And you'd be really surprised, I think. Uh, the amount of relationships that can be formed, the amount of followers that you can get, and, you know, even clients and, and lifelong customers uh, from doing a strategy like this. And certainly if you're in one of those groups that we talked about before that, you know, you just had to cut bait for financial reasons on all your advertising uh, when Corona hit, 
Well, certainly I would be imploring you to do the dollar eighty strategy on every platform that you can. Uh, it's really just a matter of time and a matter of effort, and you don't have to lay out any money in order to do those things. Awesome. We're getting a couple other comments just about you know growing your organic following, um, increasing organic reach, trouble in doing that. Um, unfortunately, there's no blanket answer just to tell everyone, here's how you go out and get you know, double your audience today or anything. Um, but a lot of the points that we've been hitting here in the last 20 minutes, I think you're kind of going to answer your question. But the highlights, I think, are going to be, you know, it just takes some time. You got to be consistent over a long period of time, put out a bunch of stuff. So it's not just about quality. It's not just about quantity. But you have to put out a lot of good content over a long period of time in order to really start growing that organic following. Um, there's there's no hack that's just going to do it for you. There's no quick, easy back door to, to build that sort of organic audience. Um, and it does kind of depend on, on your niche and your industry. Uh, but some of the tips that we were just throwing out there, utilizing videos, utilizing live streams, putting out good quality, useful content that people are going to want to engage with, um, utilizing groups like Mike was just talking about, jump into industry-related groups is really going to help you out. Um, and overall, just don't be salesy. Don't go around just saying, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff in five different ways on 10 different pages. Really provide value. Give someone a reason to want to follow you, whether that's because you're funny or entertaining or because you're providing really good tips, really good information that they want. Um, one way or another, it all has to be about that value added. Yeah, that, that's those are all great points, Miles. Um, you know, I guess the, I'll just add a couple thoughts to that because I see now I see the you didn't put it up on the screen, but I think I'm seeing it here in the chat. She's specifically asking too about business Facebook pages, and I think some of that is we just got to take that as it is. You know, it that's going to be the hardest one to grow. Uh, there it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, your Facebook business page to grow that organically is going to be really tough, uh, if, at least at this point. Uh, and so, yeah, you know, you are going to have better luck uh, gaining your following through paid, paid ads on Facebook. Um, I would still utilize, like Miles said, groups, live streaming, uh, and just a volume of content is going to be your best weapon on the Facebook platform. Uh, but we also just kind of have to, you know, set our expectations for that, uh, that that is going to be the hardest one to grow. Now, knowing a little bit about your business and that you all also do commercial, what I would do is I would spend a lot of time also putting out organic content on LinkedIn. Because LinkedIn, unlike Facebook, you're going to be able to crack that algorithm, so to speak, a lot easier, and you're going to be able to get your content seen. And so if your content is good, if you're, or even just you know, not, not that bad, you're going to be able to get more followers on that platform than you are on Facebook, where it's going to be very difficult for your content to get seen unless you're spending a lot of money to get it seen. Um, and so that's just that that would be my the only thing that I would add, you know, into this discussion is that creating organic following is really just about hacking attention. And there's there's really a couple ways to do it. You can go to a platform where the attention is not as great as, or the, the, excuse me, the attention is greater than the content funnel, or you can create a whole bunch of content on a platform in order to make it even with the attention, so to speak. So to give you a, an example, Facebook, 
as you probably are aware, there's so much more content being put into Facebook than the attention used to be, right? We all remember Facebook five and certainly 10 years ago, where if you were a business or you put out your own post on your personal page, everybody saw it, right? I mean, like 98% of your followers saw it. Now it's like 8%, you know, it's literally been a drop of, of 90% on the platform. So, but that's not the case on other platforms. Uh, so if you're in B2B, I would certainly be hitting heavy on LinkedIn. I know people think I'm a little crazy when I say this, but uh, things like TikTok, you know, which for 90% of the businesses out there, it's not your demographic, I know. But if you're just trying to build an organic following, well, that would be a platform that you could build an organic following on probably easier than any of them out there uh, because there's so much attention compared to the amount of content being generated. And your content doesn't really need to be even all that great because there's less competition uh, for, for the eyeballs. And so when you go to a platform like that, whether it be LinkedIn or TikTok or one of these other you know, smaller or more emerging platforms, you can build an organic audience much easier there and then slowly funnel that audience over to Facebook or over to your email campaign, which I would strongly recommend, or your, your website or, or you know, those types of places where you're really trying to get the traffic to go in order to convert for sales. It's a long way, you know, kind of a roundabout way in order to do it, uh, but that is certainly one way that, that it's possible to build an organic following. Uh, but yeah, just on Facebook, I would just do what Miles said, uh, you know, use all the tricks and the and the things that they put out there. Anytime Facebook puts a new tool out, use it uh, because they want you to use it. You'll be rewarded for it. You'll get more people to see your stuff uh, and just keep grinding away and putting out as much value driven content as you can. Uh, so we got a follow up question on LinkedIn algorithm that you just mentioned. Um, I think the the biggest thing uh, there on LinkedIn specifically um, is that, like you said, it's really good for um, commercial-based businesses like like Jackie's that we were just talking about. Um, but also, it's just a lot easier to get your organic content out there. You can reach a lot more people just by normally posting, no hacks, no tricks, or anything. Normally posting on LinkedIn versus normally posting on Facebook, you're going to get a lot more organic reach out that uh, out that way. Um, as far as cracking the LinkedIn algorithm. Um, did you want to go a little bit further into that, Mike, or are we just are you just talking about those organic posts? No, I mean, it's uh, it, it's pretty much the same stuff, Jeff. You know, it's use live video, use video, use engaging content, use stuff that is, you know, value driven, reverse engineer to what the audience wants, not what you want to talk about, but what they want to talk about uh, and hashtags. Uh, are relevant on LinkedIn. That's right. And so I, I would certainly use those. You know, there are people that follow relevant hashtags. I do. Uh, and so those pop up in my feed when somebody else uses them. You know, if somebody uses the marketing small, medium business hashtag, that's going to have a, a much higher likely a, of me seeing it in my feed than if they if they don't use it. So that's one way to ha hack the algorithm on LinkedIn. There's one thing to note in here, I think, since we've been talking a lot about posting to social media um, and you know, increasing your organic reach and increasing your audience, that um, this doesn't just help that one platform, doesn't just help your, your audience in that one place. If you have your whole online presence set up properly, then 
um, this can really benefit you, uh, your business as a whole online. It can increase your search engine rankings. So all of this ties together and shouldn't just be looked at as these little, they're separate little microcosms. You are a, a business entity online and you have to look at this as more of a, a holistic approach uh, across the internet, across your entire online presence for sure. Uh, so let's see, I'll just take a break here and say for anyone joining us here, this is Ask Wildman. This is a Q&A show we do every Wednesday at 11 o'clock. Um, so jump on here, throw your questions in the comments or email us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. That address is scrolling below me here in the crawler. Um, ask your questions about business, marketing, technology, whatever you want, and we'll try to get to you. Um, got a follow-up social media question on determining best hashtags for your business. We did a little bit of this last week, I think, talking about finding good hashtags. Um, obviously, the best hashtags for your business are going to be the ones that are specifically for you. Um, you know, we've got hashtag Ask Wildman for this show, or we've got hashtag Liberty Alliance, hashtag bird janitorial, whatever you want there. Something that's gonna be specifically tied to your business, but most likely you're not gonna get a whole lot of traffic, a lot of people talking about that. Um, so the best thing for you to do is to look at where the attention currently is, to find something trending and jump into that conversation. Find something that's already being talked about, it's part of a larger conversation, and then tie yourself in that way by utilizing a hashtag that's already trending um, or that people are already utilizing, hopefully in, that's somewhat relevant to you, um, you're going to get a lot of eyes on your post that you know you wouldn't normally get in just a normal organic post. That's kind of the idea with hashtags. So check Twitter, check the hashtag um, or the, uh, the trending hashtags at the moment. Um, there are a couple of tools. I re referenced them last week, so we can put those up um, for searching for and finding different relevant hashtags across different platforms. Uh, but if you just do a quick Google search of that, there's lots of tools out there to help you out with that. We also have our own tool here at Wildman for doing what's called social listening, where you can set up certain keywords or keyword phrases, um, mostly on Twitter. And you can say, you know, if someone tweets about XYZ within 10 miles of me, I want a notification so I can jump into that conversation. So that's not really a hashtag related one, but another way to jump into a business relevant conversation online and get some eyes on you that you wouldn't otherwise get. Um, hashtag points, Mike? I think you covered that, Miles. I don't, I don't know if I actually have anything to add to that, um, but I did kind of want to highlight something here that Sean Williams put in the, uh, the comment section because I think people could get a lot of value out of this. Um, he's talking, I'll just, I'll just read it real quick, but if you want to put it up on the screen, he says, you know, an yeah. ad campaign starts with well-researched and laid out set of objectives followed by strategies to reach those objectives and specific tactics. Most people try to start with tactics, but every task should be able to go back to the objectives one is trying to satisfy. I think that's a, uh, a fantastic point, Sean. I just wanted to bring it up there so everybody could read it if they missed it in the comments and say I agree 100% uh, everybody you know but before you uh, whether you whether you're currently advertising or you're getting ready to launch a campaign uh, you know, 
laying out those objectives are the most important part. And then, you know, when you're qualifying the success of the campaign, relaying uh, the outcomes back to those objectives uh, is equally important uh, to make sure that you know, we got done what we needed to do. And if not, well, we need to correct that, correct that and pivot it for next time. So uh, thanks a lot for the contribution there, Sean. I just wanted to say that was a well, uh, well appreciated. Yeah. So like I said earlier, we're, we're here to answer questions, but also here just to engage with everyone. Uh, so even if you just have a good comment or something you find useful or maybe something you learned since last week, then, uh, feel free to toss that in the comments too. We'll gladly talk about that with you. Or um, if you want to reach out and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with us, please let us know as well. well. We're always happy to do that and make new friends in the Lawrence community. So uh, I think we've covered the comments right now. Uh, we did have one question come in uh, through the email that we haven't addressed yet. Um, just asking about advertising, if this is really a good time to be advertising. And we kind of hit that a couple of times throughout here, but I did want to just real quickly highlight this point uh, before we wrap up the show today. Um, you know, if you're asking, is this a good time to be advertising? Um, I think I know your answer, Mike, but do you want to just go ahead and confirm it for everyone here? Well, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll qualify it that, you know, like <laughs> I did before, that if, if you don't know how to keep the, the business open, the employees paid and, and, and keep your goods and services uh, on the shelf, so to speak, uh, in, in these times, then no, maybe advertising isn't a good idea. If you're not in that category, yes, uh, this is a great time to be advertising. Uh, like I said before, you know, a lot of the, the big money players, so to speak, have either cut their advertising budgets or completely removed them from some platforms. And so there's a lot of opportunity there uh, for small business owners. Uh, if you're able to go on the offense, and I know we talked about this, you know, kind of when the, the whole coronavirus uh, shutdown started that those people who had cash reserves who were in a place uh, that wasn't scary this was the time to go on the offense because you weren't a, probably ever going to get an opportunity like this again uh, in order to take market share and certainly those people who have been executing that strategy over the last six seven eight nine weeks uh, are winning and will continue to win uh, and so yes I definitely think that this is a time to be advertising but uh, you know, as always, let's not just throw nilly willy stuff against the wall and see if it sticks. Uh, let's have a plan and let's be able to, and maybe the most important thing right now is let's have a plan that we can measure. Uh, you know, let's have our key set of objectives that we know that here's what we're going to be able to, uh, to go out and do, which is what we want to do. And let's have a way to actually measure those results. Uh, I would still be cautioning against you know, certainly small businesses uh, spending a lot of money on traditional types of media that are hard to gauge the ROI and things like this. You know, this, this is not the time I don't think to be doing that. I would be watching where every single penny went and how it came back and evaluating that. Um, but that doesn't mean that I would be going on the offense if I was in a position to, because I would be uh, doubling and tripling down in a smart uh, and efficient way. And again, you know, it totally depends on your uh, your category. You know, um, if I was selling concerts, concert tickets, maybe I wouldn't be <laughs> advertising right now. And in fact, I'm not spending any money advertising right now. 
for concert tickets. So, you know, there's certainly some exceptions to that rule. For sure. Well, we've got a couple of comments in here. I just want to blow through real quick. Uh, Jeff jumping in with uh, what resources uh, should I use to get my knowledge level up? Um, one of them is this show here. So uh, we're obviously putting this resource out there to teach everyone, but also I'm going to use this as an opportunity to jump back to the very beginning and talk about our local business online toolkit. Uh, you can find that at wildmyweb.com slash LBOT. Jeff, I think you're already signed up for it, but if you're not already, check it out there. Ton of resources, including an article section. Um, I think we have like 70 articles up there right now just um, in the toolkit about digital marketing, about social media, about SEO, about website analytics. Everything that we're talking about here uh, is covered in depth there. Each one of those articles is is real short. Um, it's really meant to just give you that high level knowledge, enough to talk about it, enough to be dangerous. Um, it's not going to go too deep down any of those rabbit holes to where you get overwhelmed or anything crazy like that. We do have a minimal section on our website, wildmanweb.com slash articles. Um, currently, we've got, I think, like 30-something of those articles up there, more coming up all the time. But there's even more in the toolkit. So go to wildmanweb.com slash LBOT, sign up there. That's an awesome resource for you. Um, Jumping over to Sean, uh, can you synopsize the attributes of Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, et cetera? Uh, we hit this a couple of weeks ago, but we can hit this uh, real quickly here. Mike, feel free to jump in, but each one of these platforms definitely has its strengths, has its weaknesses, but overall, they're just to be used differently. Uh, we talked about, for example, hashtags earlier. Hashtags are relevant on some of these, on Instagram, on, twi on Twitter, but not really useful on Facebook. Each of them have totally different markets where um, LinkedIn will sway a little bit older, whereas Instagram will swing a little bit younger. Um, Facebook is kind of all over the place, but uh, definitely knowing your market is important there um, and knowing I think the big tip that I give to people who are asking about platforms are use the one that you are most comfortable with. Use the ones that you are most comfortable with. Um, if you are just completely uncomfortable using Instagram, um, then don't try to force yourself into it because your content isn't is going to suffer at that point. If you feel better doing Twitter and Facebook, then really lean into Twitter and Facebook and make sure that the content you put out there is high quality. Um, and is adding value to your audience. Uh, so start with the ones that you're you're comfortable with and maybe move into some of those less comfortable areas bit by bit. Uh, Mike, do you want to do a, a quick high-level overview of those platforms? Sure. Anything uh, on there? Yeah, so the nice thing about Facebook is you know, that's really a platform that you can execute branding and sales simultaneously which is obviously huge. Uh, and it works really well across a, a wide range of, of business models and business categories. I tend to find it's a little bit better for B2C, for business to consumer uh, than it is for, for B2B. Uh, but still, it, it doesn't mean you can't get a lot, especially on the advertising platform side of Facebook, you can't get a lot of leads and uh, a, a lot of great B2B action. On Facebook because you can. I mean, Facebook to me is kind of the granddaddy of them all. Um, it is certainly skewing older these days. You know, 
45, 55 and up. Um, everybody's grandma, you know, is on Facebook now, which is, is not, was not the case, uh, obviously when it, when it was a, an, an infant platform. Uh, but I think one of the things that maybe people don't necessarily realize is that there's still a lot of young people on Facebook. Now, they may not be using the platform as much because, you know, time-wise, because they're on other platforms as well. You know, some of them are juggling four, five, six, seven different platforms, but they are certainly uh, still there. Uh, so also don't discount Facebook if you're looking for that, you know, college age, you know, millennial age people. Uh, they're definitely there as well. Uh, nice thing about Facebook to me is, you know, it's, it's really versatile. Uh, you can use it in a lot of different ways, and you know, and they're getting more and more versatile all, all the time. You know, they just dropped uh, a bunch more new toys and, and features and things like that, and I think they're just going to keep it expanding and evolving the platform. So that's really exciting. Uh, Instagram, of course, is part of Facebook. Um, it is kind of the kid sister, if you will. Uh, it skews younger. It's much more of a branding platform. It's uh, it's much more you know pictures and video. It's, it, basically all pictures and video except for some graphics and things like that. Uh, you can't still directly link things in Instagram and it, it's changing. It's going to change. Uh, and they're going to bring about Instagram shop actually uh, with after Facebook shop, which just launched. And so it's going to become more like Facebook in the sense that it's a way that you can actually have direct sales transactions uh, with people a little bit easier than you can now. Uh, and so that's an exciting change that's going to happen to face, or excuse me, to Instagram. Uh, also, last year they launched Instagram TV, and so that now allows us to do long-form video, uh, live video, things like that. So it, it's also really kind of evolving, uh, in my mind, and, and becoming much more of a, a potent platform, if you will, than it was uh, even just a year or two ago. Uh, Twitter. Twitter to me is is more of a news and information platform. Uh, you know, I still I, I know a lot of people that still use it for marketing and sales. To me, it's not as strong as Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, uh, but it is it's certainly not one to overlook, especially if if you uh, if you have some informational based business. It's also a great way to engage with people, uh, and so that's really what I would use Twitter for. Uh, definitely more of a branding play to me uh, than, than a sales play. LinkedIn, man, that one has probably changed the most over the last two, three years of any platform out there. And I know a lot of us probably still think of LinkedIn as a place where we go and we look for jobs or we look to hire people for, for jobs we're trying to fill. And it's not that anymore. You can still use it for that, of course. Uh, but it's really a content, a content platform now that reminds me of an earlier version of Facebook, but geared towards the business world. And so for me, anybody who's trying to do business to business sales, I really think you need to have an in-depth LinkedIn strategy, certainly an organic one, probably a paid one as well, uh, to be utilizing for your B2B sales. Uh, like we talked about a little bit before, it's a platform where you can get a lot of organic reach on it. You don't have to pay to reach people. People will see your posts, your followers will see your posts, people that don't follow you. We'll see your posts, especially if you're using relative hashtags. Uh, but it's also a platform where if you are spending money on advertising, you can get insanely detailed targeting. I mean, down to the actual firm position and even person that you're trying to reach uh, for your that's your end consumer for your for your sales. 
Uh, and so, you know, instead of reaching a category like we would on Facebook, we can actually reach a specific law firm or a specific, you know, insurance agency, a specific construction company, and then target the HR person, the person that's in charge of outbound sales, you know, whoever it is, is that's our decision maker. We can actually target that specific decision maker and speak to them one-on-one, -on -one, if you will, uh, through our paid advertising and marketing on LinkedIn. So to me, that is the B2B gold mine right now. And, uh, and really an overlooked platform in my mind that not enough people are spending the time and the effort on uh, to grow. Yeah, the big stuff on there. Hopefully uh, we've kind of answered your question here, Sean, but um, I think that, you know, that one of the big differences here is not necessarily about the targeted audience since there's you know everyone on every platform doing a little bit of research will uh, land you on the right platform to target hopefully who you're trying to get to. Uh, but it's more about how you use each platform. They're all wildly different tools. As long as you're using the tool appropriately, um, you can get your message out effectively to the people you want to reach. Yeah, um, I, I didn't see that part of the question. Sorry there, Sean. Yeah, how to differentiate the target audiences yeah. per platform. Yeah, and, and like we talked about before, don't overlook testing. You know, test, uh, especially, you know, that's the nice thing about the paid ad advertising side of it is you can create different ad sets or different audiences, if you will, uh, and then use the same copy points, you know, the same messaging points within those audiences and then test and see, gauge the results of, well, hey, actually, this, you know, targeted audience is way more responsive to my message than, than these other two or three. Uh, and then double down, obviously, on what's working and, and cut out the stuff that, that isn't working. and and I'm just seeing Sean's other uh, comment here slash question about CPMs, reach versus frequency, sold product tied to advertising and marketing. How does it work? Yeah, is it, yeah obviously, yeah, those are all great, great things that we need to be uh, tracking, you know. Uh, and to me, you know, there's all kinds of things that we can track. And, and this kind of goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of the show, I guess, uh, with all the data out there, which was, you know, uh, just just first question and, and certainly when we're looking at advertising campaigns man there's just gobs and gobs and gobs of data uh, that we can get ab absolved in but I think the the most important point and, and Sean outlined it there here in his comment is sold product you know how much did we freaking sell right uh, and uh, and to me that that's really the only number that at the end of the day that matters uh, is you know how much how much products or services did we sell from this campaign and so just to kind of bring this whole thing full circle you know when we're out there and we're absorbing all this data and we're trying to make decisions based off the data let's always make sure that that piece of data is the one that we're giving the most credence to above all else uh because why else are we doing this stuff right um so great points again here sean and if there's anything else the uh, follow-up question there let, let me know yeah, please. Uh, I think we're kind of we're coming down on time here. So, um, I, but there is one more point in here that uh, Sean threw in. I thought was really interesting. We kind of talked about this last week, um, but it's asking YouTube, Zoom, Facebook Live, blogs, Google Live. Are these meeting platforms going to morph into sales vehicles? Uh, just to hit the first part of your question there, Sean. Yes, uh, very much so. Um, if they aren't, if they weren't already, obviously blogs are really tied into affiliate marketing and those kinds of sales techniques. Uh, but the live 
type things, Facebook Live, Google Live. Um, I'm not entirely sure where Zoom is going to fall into this, but we're definitely seeing people start to sell on Facebook Live. We talked about that a little bit last week where uh, the Facebook store is starting to jump into Facebook Live where you can sell directly from your stream just like this. You can be talking about something, put something up, kind of how I'm showing your comment right here and have someone buy directly from your stream. So there's definitely some new technologies, some new techniques coming out um, in regards to these live uh, streaming services and meeting platforms uh, to tie into businesses, tying to e in, into e-commerce and into, uh, I guess what you called sales vehicles here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%, uh, Miles and, and Sean. Yeah, these, these all these platforms, I think, are, are going to morph into into sales and some of them already have, you know, the only one maybe I'm a, I'm a little hesitant on is Zoom, but certainly the users of Zoom. I mean, that's what we're doing on Zoom when we have meetings with people is a lot of those meetings are sales meetings. Uh, you know, will, will they integrate, uh, you know, a sales function into the platform? I'm not sure that, that that's the one that I'm, I'm not as familiar with. Uh, but to Miles's point, Facebook already has, uh, they announced it last week. Maybe it was, it was the Friday before that. Within the last 10 days, they've announced uh, Facebook Shops. Uh, so I would certainly encourage everybody to go take a look at that. Uh, I think that it's going to be a huge game changer, not only on Facebook, but I think, you know, all the other platforms uh, usually will follow suit with what uh, the granddaddy, Mr. Mr. Zuckerberg, does. <laughs> and uh, they'll be scrambling to figure out a way to do this as well. Uh, but, yeah, you'll be able to do a live stream and to in real time communicate back and forth answer questions and do sales right there in the facebook live stream where somebody just hits a button and boom it's right out of your e-commerce store and uh getting delivered to them and so yeah, that's being rolled out uh now and uh it's going to be really exciting to see how small businesses utilize this and then like like i said you know what other platforms uh kind of piggyback off of this idea and run with it um, yeah, I think Zoom is going to fall more into the, the webinars and online courses and that kind of space rather than traditional e-commerce or more you know, retail-based selling, but definitely still going to be of severe business interest moving forward. Yeah, well, and the interesting thing is that, you know, Facebook with this whole uh, live chat room thing, you know, they, they've kind of taken a little swipe at Zoom, I feel like, and they're trying to be like, oh, hey, hey, we can we can fulfill that need for you as well with their live messaging, uh, live chat room functions that they've rolled out. And so I, I think that they're keenly aware of, of how big of a, uh, a need Zoom filled when this when the coronavirus hit, obviously, and uh, they're, they're scrambling. They don't want to give up that that audience and that those those viewers. And then the second part of that question, do people have libraries of key points to sell themselves to target groups? I think I understand what you're saying there. Um, are you talking about the platforms or the users of the platform? Let me, let me get a little, little flesh out that question because I don't, don't want to answer it the wrong way. But uh, but if you're talking about the platforms, then yeah, certainly you know through the targeting on each individual platform, we can save these kind of custom audiences that we have. We can create new custom audiences uh, with people that we even engage with on other platforms uh, and then sell to them directly. Uh, so if that's the question, then that's my answer to it. If I, 
if I botched the question, I apologize, Sean. Well, maybe you can follow up here in just a minute, but it does bring up a separate point here, um, which you know you're absolutely right on. This company using Zoom to do person-to-person -person sales. And this isn't specifically a sales vehicle or sales platform or something, but I definitely think that more people are going to be using Zoom and Google Hangouts and uh, potentially uh, FaceTime and other tools like that to have virtual meetings with people. I mean, we've even found this to be super effective internally here at Wildman. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we like having those in-person meetings with people. It's really nice, especially when we're talking about design concepts or really building out an in-depth marketing campaign. It's important to have that face-to-face -face conversation with someone. Um, but having these kinds of virtual meetings has saved us a, a lot of time. Um, and while I think we're all looking forward to having real in-person meetings, I definitely don't think these virtual meetings are going to go away anytime soon. And I definitely think they're going to be a key player in, in the sales process for lots of different companies, including ours. Yeah, well, that's so true. I mean, Miles and I have talked about it internally, how much time and, and hopefully money it saved us, you know, doing virtual meetings as opposed to driving all, all across town or, you know, we have clients in other cities, even other states, you know, so obviously this is something that we're going to be using going forward. And I imagine that almost every company out there has found similar results and it is going to be, you know, instituting uh, virtual meetings for the long haul. Uh, from now on, and it looks like Sean has qualified his questionnaire. If you can pull that up for me, Sean or Miles. Like, yep. yep. Target groups, my target markets, but message to file to be used as needed or accessed by them. Well, the first part of that certainly yes. I mean, we can you know you can section off different targeting groups even section those people off even more and in, into different groups and then create messages to file and send out, you know, as needed, uh, I don't know exactly as accessed by them, if you mean by they can access it what they want to, but uh, kind of what comes to mind here, Sean, is, you know, the functionality that you could incorporate with a chat bot. Uh, and so real quickly, we'll just kind of dive into this, uh, but, you know, so with the chat bot uh, in something like Facebook Messenger, you can certainly, differentiate, here's my audience, and then section out that audience by different targeted groups, and then come up with pre-programmed messages for those groups. And then you could schedule, hey, on at this time and this time and this time, I'm gonna send these various messages to these groups. Um, so if, if I'm gleaning the, the essence of your question there, uh, yes, that is something that could be achieved and highly effective. Uh, in a platform like Facebook Messenger using something like a chatbot. Hopefully, I, I didn't take that question from the, the opposite direction. <laughs> Regardless, Sean, <laughs> sounds like we're going to have to have another conversation with you in the future. And we will be back uh, here live next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Uh, so if we didn't get to you today, uh, again, throw your questions in the comments or email us, askwildman at wildmanweb.com. That address is scrolling across the bottom. I think we're going to uh, probably wrap up for the day. So, Mike, thanks for uh, for joining me and answering a lot of questions. Looking forward to next week. Yeah, guys, uh, it was great, great session this time. Appreciate all the questions and everybody stay safe and have fun. We'll see you next week.
Well, like I said before, this is Ask Wildman, uh, Q&A show every week, Wednesdays at 11. Please like, share, comment. The more engagement we get here, the more people we're able to reach, the more people we can help. Um, so you know, we're just trying to be a resource here um, and reaching more people uh, allows us to help more people uh, answer more questions. So please uh, share this show and uh, check us out again next week. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening to Ask Wildman. Send us a question for next week's show at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. <laughs>